everybody. Welcome to the fourth episode of Piss Jug. I'm on a chrome sweatsuit and I'm back again with Brother Brown and Hobbs. My name is Piss. <laughs> it's Piss Jug. It's Piss, baby. <laughs> it's Piss Rock. I like the idea of Piss Rock. Me too. I think it should be a genre. I feel like it already is. <laughs> Cock rock and piss rock are two yeah. different things. <laughs> Who's on a piss pill? Fucking. Fucking. Uh, Buck Cherry's got a Buck be on Cherry. That. <laughs> 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 That's, That's the first band I thought of. That was the first one I thought of, too. <laughs> I got one, and it's a different brand of uh, stinky piss. Okay. Uh, Coal Chamber. I don't, I'm not familiar I'm with Coal Chamber. Either, more yeah. like goth piss of that era. Exact same era as Kid Rock. Same time. Okay. Would, would Kid Rock be at Piss, piss Fest? <laughs> how about, how about, yeah, how about yeah, I pull yeah, up a visual for y'all to see a yeah. Coal Chamber so you can see. Uh, I think Kid Rock maybe is the closing act. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. close it out. Yeah. Finish the whole thing off. Him and Baby Joey. Is that what his name was, Baby Joey? Joey C. Right? Joey, Joey C. C. Damn, I don't know where I got the baby. He's from. dead. Oh, R.I.P. Joyce, Joyce. R.I.P. Cold Chamber. Oh, yeah, mm. they do stimulants. Yeah. Oh, Tell yeah. me that's not a band at a piss rock festival. Oh, my God, yeah, definitely. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, I'm talking about Cold Chamber, which is a new metal band that was from uh, L.A., formed in 1993. And just, just look them up and check it out, and you'll see what I mean. This is piss all over it, and that's not necessarily, like, Derogatory. This band reeks of piss, <laughs> and it's and it's and it's uh, it's it's <laughs> pungent. I struggled for that word. It's dehydrated piss. Well, yeah. orange. Speaking of dehydrated piss, we got a lot on the docket today, folks. We are going to cover uh, the embarrassment last night for one particular UFC fighter slash commentator. Yes, that's right, on-air commentator. The embarrassment that ensued. We're going to talk about Woodstock 99, we're going to talk about Dashcon, and subsequently we're going to talk about what the fuck Steam Power Giraffe is, and then we're going to wrap it up with a little request we had from a listener to get our feedback on the Bam Margera album. Some of these things make me angry, some of them make me laugh. I have to be prepared, I have to like go into a zen, (laughs) a place of zen in my head to... (laughs) <laughs> recall all of these. Do you remember that movie Crash? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I never saw that. So, that movie, it was impactful for the time, but when you review it, it's really funny mm-hmm. that it's just a bunch of slow motion scenes of celebrities reflecting on how they're racist in some capacity. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, honestly, I'm surprised that it, like, I'm surprised that they haven't I'd done another installment of that movie or something. But anyways, if you think about that movie and the level of anguish that each actor is in during the parts of the movie, that's going to be Hobbs tonight when he's thinking about a couple of these bands we're going to be talking about. We got him pre-gamed oh, yeah. on the festival today. He, he's ready. He's all good and moved up over there with, with Piss Rod. Um, is it like one of those movies like Babel where there's a bunch of mo- stories going on at the same time and totally. they all connect? Okay. Totally. You know that movie Babel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the only that. one that I've ever seen directed like that, but apparently there's a whole mess of them. Early 2000s were really about that Super energy. popular, yep. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk about last night. Um, last night we had a UFC free fight card, and 
It was a good event. It was a stacked card, but we're really here to focus in on one detail because you don't even have to be an avid UFC watcher to have an opinion on what occurred. Last night in the main event, Dominic Cruz, who's a future Hall of Famer, legend of the sport, he's never lost a non-title fight, okay? Going into last night, he had never lost a non-title fight. Impressive stat. 37 years old. Been doing this professionally since he was like 21. So, long career, right? Real illustrious. Not only all that, he's a behind-the-desk commentator on live television, on UFC stream events, and on UFC, uh, like, just YouTube content. So he's on a lot of their stuff, but he still feels the need at 37 to go out there and try and prove that a uh, an old an old lion can still get with the young tigers. And uh, last night, Hobbs, what did we see? Man, I mean, I don't know. I was thinking, like, honestly, he looked like the better fighter up until the point where he got cracked. And his nose snapped on my <laughs> And TV. that nose twisted around the side of his head. That was a pretty, pretty crazy kick. The uh, the timing on that and, and uh, for Vera to kind of see and, like, wait for that right moment because Dom does like to lean off to his left and right a lot. The timing was perfect, and, and Vera is like a star, man. He's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any shade on Cruz for losing the fight. And I definitely don't want to make it sound like I'm trying to shit on Dominic Cruz for losing the fight. The main thing I want us to zone in on are the dynamics we literally saw kind of play out on camera because he's a behind-the-desk analyst. He calls these fights sometimes. And two of his co-workers were ringside for this fight. And may or may not really like him all that much. Yep, let's get into because it. Because of the, just the arguments that they'll have and stuff. Like, even on set, like, DC and and Dominic Cruz got in a argument what like in the middle of an interview i think that they were doing i don't remember what it was exactly but like they were arguing about like dc's kind of lack of preparation for the events and stuff like that versus dominant cruise so that you know kind of has they have a little bit of a you know situation there and then also you definitely have heard we've heard bisping and dominant cruise kind of get at each other a little bit and like you can hear it and, and also joe rogan's done that with dominic cruz before there's one other thing too we got to mention dominic cruz has been scolded by the network <laughs> and the ufc brass all for going off on air he was very upset at a stoppage of one of his fights that he thought was early so he made it a point for literally like six months on tv anytime he got on camera he was like, well, good thing that ref wasn't reffing the ref my fight. That guy's a drunk. You can smell the alcohol off on him from 10 feet away. How does he even get a fight Whoa. license? And he just did this over and over again until eventually I think they had to give him a sitting down. So I think between him losing a fight where he got crushed uh, by Cejudo back in the day, he got yeah. flat dropped, yeah. was what it was. It's also older fighters have a hard time of grasping when that time is where it's like – Hey, man, your fast twitch muscle isn't there now. You can't turn on a dime like you did when you were 21. <laughs> like, that time is gone. So it was interesting. But what what do you think going back in to the workplace this week is going to be like for him? Dude, yeah. So the, the pictures that you see online are, are just kind of funny because Bisping has his hands, like, up in the air. I mean, I don't know. They, they're reacting to a spectacular kick. But it kind of just looked like they were happy, <laughs> like that he got cracked. So I don't know. That part was really funny. 
I thought it was great and like, all right, so what would you do if you're going into work tomorrow and dude comes walking into your place of business and this dude had been like in the kitchen with you and, you know, really critical of other people and he came back in and he got like dropped and he got his nose just broke and he had to face you and like he got his, he got messed up by the people he was critical of. What would your reaction be? I'd probably, I'd probably say some sly shit. <laughs> Real slick. Yeah, you, like, you th- deserve that. Th- think of something kind of passive-aggressive to say. Even yeah, it's, passive-aggressive. I wouldn't come right out and be like, you bitch, ha-ha, I told you. Because, I mean, no one likes a, what do you call that? Not a sore loser, but a... Well, someone, ru- a rubber inner? Yeah, a rubber inner. Right, yeah, a rubber inner. Yeah, <laughs> that's, like that's what I would call it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Being a, a rubber. Rubber Quit being a rubber in. Someone's giving you the real dirty rub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think one thing, he got roasted in the post-fight conference from uh, Vera. He was very respectful in the immediate after the fight because he's in an octagon surrounded by thousands of people who came out to support Dominic. But in the post-fight, like the conference, he called his fight style lazy for MMA and said he should go do uh, boxing. He said he would do better in boxing. Is he right? At this point, Dominic Cruz should ask Jake Paul to cut the weight. And those two should box. <laughs> Get the bag. Yeah. Jesus Christ, no. Yeah, I mean, no I, I, don't, I don't really know. Like, again, these older fighters, a lot of them are getting older and thinking, like, boxing is for some reason the move. Like, hey, I'm getting older. It's time for me to either do bare knuckle or uh, just straight up boxing. And for Dominic Cruz, I feel like one of those doors is unfortunately being, like, it's a door right now that's not open, but it's illuminated on the other side, so you see the light peeking through. When it takes the option of just having a leg injury or a foot injury completely away, you're going to have head trauma every single fight, especially the ones you lose. Yep. Or really awful body shots that fuck you up internally. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, it's a, it's a bad deal for Dominic Cruz. Uh, I hope he bounces back, but at the same time, he's 37, so honestly, I hope he kind of finds a way to wind it down. I, I wouldn't wish that on someone my own age. I'm, I'm 35, and I'm trying to imagine taking a kick to my nose oh my. that snapped my nose in that location. Yeah. It's like you're not going to breathe right for a while. You're going to have to have like real surgery to fix that. I can understand I why he didn't show up to the, to the post, <laughs> <laughs> post-fight press conference. Yeah, he yeah. was embarrassed. Yeah. He was he was all swole up. Well, all right. That's that kind of that that wraps us up for what we had to discuss for uh, the UFC fight last night. That was the main event. It was the main event. Uh, everyone, go watch Dom get a shinner right to the schnoz. Mm. All right. So our next thing on the docket we got for tonight. This one's a doozy because. It's coming up because a documentary came out about it recently on uh, Netflix in a three-episode, I guess I should say, mini-doc series, uh, Woodstock 99. It's called Trainwreck. Yes, that's right, Trainwreck, Woodstock 99. That's the name on Netflix. All right. It was going to be called Clusterfuck, I believe, and they were unable to get that that title passed on, so they had to come up with Trainwreck. Netflix denied it. They were yeah. like, no, we can't, can't have that. <laughs> It's got the F word in the title. This is not going to work. Let's get into this, man. Um, So, full disclosure, we're not going to ruin everything that happens in the dock because Hobbs has not got to see the whole thing yet. 
But what he did get to see is some of the actual sets and performances from Woodstock 99. And before we get into anything, because we've seen this thing, what are your initial thoughts looking back this many years later on Woodstock 99? I definitely remember seeing a lot of footage from the shows and like through the years of just being a, a dumbass who watches a lot of YouTube clips, I've definitely seen some clips from the shows. But definitely watching some of the stuff that we watched tonight made me remember made me remember some of this stuff and, and <laughs> it's just hilarious. Some of these shows. Buck Cherry, <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, the like the whole thing is hilarious, dude. Nudity was a very big thing, or they were trying to bring it back, I guess, and it just it was distasteful this time around. Just hogs swinging around. Yeah, it got it got really weird, and we're gonna we're gonna get into the full entirety of it. Um, I've, I have them sitting here, kind of looking through some of the facts on it. It was July twenty second to July twenty fifth, nineteen ninety nine. So literally right around, we're you know we're in almost mid August now, so people would still be having the hangover from Woodstock around this time of summer. And in this case, uh, it was upstate New York, a decommissioned Air Force base. How would you guys feel about paying like three to $400 a ticket to go to a decommissioned Air Force base? It's all concrete, no coverage. Well, I mean, I've paid for Bonnaroo and shit, so... It's pretty much the same, except that there, that's all concrete, and there was no shade. That's the biggest part of that's it. The, that's the kicker, is, yeah. the, is all concrete, no shade. Yeah. So the heat just bouncing off the ground right back into your face. I've been to some NASCAR races where it was like that. <laughs> just yeah, no all concrete, shade no anywhere. Shade. Like, walking around, like, I mean, geez. Which one did you go to? I've been to the Brickyard 400, and I've been to the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Nice. okay. Um, Nothing like Talladega or Daytona, though. Well, the Brickyard was like a lot like Talladega in that there's there was about three hundred and fifty thousand people at that Holy like event, shit. and like in this area in Indianapolis where, like, you're parking at like basically people's houses like and stuff. It it was just like there was people literally everywhere. It's like a sea of people, so that was pretty crazy, and it was. It was pretty hot, more so in Atlanta, but I don't remember what time of year it was when we were in, in Brickyard. I don't remember being credi- incredibly hot there, but in, in Atlanta, it was hot as hell. And there's not a lot of coverage, or at least there wasn't at the time that I went. So imagine that for three days straight. Yeah, yeah. No, I could That'd not be do unbearable. that. I could not do that at all. There has to be some tents <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. I'm looking at this lineup now, y'all. <sighs> Stacks, dude. If you want me to, when I was twelve, I was stoked on that lineup. If you Big want, time. if you want me to, in the same way, I went through our Gordon <laughs> Ramsay list. Do you want me to top to bottom this? Because I think it's going to make your head spin of how many bands you have no idea who they are that played this festival. I need to rattle them things off right now. Okay, this is in chronological order, starting from Friday, and I'm starting from what they called the pre-show. So for people that were like, you know, really ambitious to get there early, oh, they got some, uh, they got some acts. And when I tell you, you're going to recognize maybe three or four of these names. And when you recognize what they are, just go ahead. Here we go. This was July 22nd, 1999. Frostbit Blue. KJ James. Little Big Jam. Gridley Page. Jolia. Joliba. My bad. Red Herring, Rattlebasket, 
haven't recognized one of these names. <laughs> In Bloom. Flip. Third Brass. Vertical Horizon. Okay, I know. <laughs> Strange Folk. G Love and the Special Sauce. Okay. Okay, so I've seen two bands on this list so far. The String Cheese Incident. Oh, oh man. No. Cheese, bro. Athens band. Cheese, bro. <laughs> Bernie Worrell and the Woo Warriors. No. George Clinton and the P Funk All Stars. Seen him. Immoral Fibers. Simmy. Chris Glenn. Gary Durden and the Clay Pimps. But Pimps is spelled stupid. It's it's like P Y. It's the word pimp, but it's spelled like P I N P S. Like if someone were to say the word pimp, but like not enunciate the M correctly, that's what they're trying to spell. Weird. Yeah, it's the worst spelling of the word pimps I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like ever. Uh, Johnny Rushmore. And then the actual show started. James Brown. G-Love and Special Sauce came back up again. Two sets in one day. That's hard work. They're putting in God's work. Okay, now this next... This next, like, back-to-back is, is where your head's going to start to spin. Jamiroquai. Hell yeah. Okay. Followed by Live. The angel opens the angel opens blue Followed by Cheryl Crow. Oof. Followed Cheryl. by DMX. <laughs> Man. Oh, what, what a weird! Oh shit! The crowd crossover like, is great. This one crowd just left, and the whole one new crowd just came. Well, up. There was nowhere to go. Was the best. No, part. yeah. Once you were in your spot, you were pretty much stuck. Oh, oh really? Yeah. And, and yeah, the waters was, were twelve dollars. Oh, so. Shit! Oh, you're posted up. The Offspring. <laughs> right after DMX. Corn. We'll talk about the. We'll talk about a couple of these acts in depth in a minute. Bush. Spitfire, Oleander, The Umbilical Brothers, Mo, Lit, Buckcherry, The Roots, Insane Clown Posse, George Clinton, Second Set. Golly. Yeah. They had one more stage that was called the Emerging Artist Stage, which uh, I think this was a separate stage that was smaller and towards the front. F-O-N... Linda Rutherford and Celtic Fire, Sugar Daddy, Sticky Pistol, Bayou Phillips, Mike Erico, King Conga, Ben Lee. This is day two? Day one. It's all day one. Still day one? Beth Hart, Liars Inc., Chris McDermott, Moby. (laughs) What are your thoughts, guys? I didn't recognize a lot of those names. I think I only know Moby. Yeah, Moby is the only one I recognize on that second group of names that you just... I would say roughly out of that whole group, I only know 20 to 30%. Yeah, agreed. Maybe less. (laughs) So, the ones we did know, let's talk about this Offspring set, because that was one of the ones we had Hobbs watch before uh, we recorded tonight. What did you think of the Offspring Woodstock 99 set? That was pissing me off. Can you do that? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I feel like I can do that pretty well. <laughs> you can. Yeah, no, that's the right guy, pitch too. That guy was pissing me off. Um, 
the the baby head thing was throwing me off. I was like, what the, what is that? He had he had uh, a lot of drum triggers at this show that instead of just leaving them as like you know pieces of musical gear that he would hit, he felt the need to cover them in baby heads. Then it was very off putting uh, with his slime green Doc Martens. The guy from the from the music video with the Fubu jersey dancing, and he was basically he was doing like the Macarena. <laughs> <laughs> he was playing it. It was awful. It, it was what trash. kind of move does that feel like to you to bring out the star of the music video on stage with you? What is that? What did they tell him to do? Like, <laughs> hey, do the thing from the just video. Just go wild, man. man. Just do whatever you did in the video. It's going to be good. Uh, one thing that's also worth mentioning, uh, Brother Brown could attest to this. They, at some point during their set, set up five mannequins and put sync masks on the mannequins and ran up with a baseball bat and destroyed them. They were really appealing for those kids who like angsty you know, teens hated NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. Like that was kind of their easy way. I was one of those people. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. Same, same, totally. NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. I was I like, fuck it. that. I but was now so sick of it. I would totally rather listen to NSYNC and Backstreet Boys over offspring. Me too. Over the offspring. It's not even a contest. It's not even because when you're like 12 or 15 and you're like going to an all you can eat buffet, it's like all pizza, like a pizza buffet. That's where the offspring is appropriate. Yeah. That's the set and setting where that makes sense. Skate night where you go rent the rollerblades and you skate in circles with your friends and, you know, try and try and I don't know. That's the best I can do for the offspring. But uh, I, you, you drew a comparison earlier <laughs> to, yeah, was, to the offspring. So it dawned on me tonight when we were watching this set that basically the offspring sounds like if that one guy from the B-52s had a solo project. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's true. That's so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> offspring is the B-52s guy only with distortion. Oh, my God. I'll so die dead on, on that hill. So dead on <laughs> But that show was ass. It was awful. And let's also talk about the fact, the, the part of the performance we showed you, he had taken his Oakleys off. And for full disclosure, I wear Oakleys. I love Oakleys. I love the ones that you sh- should wear while riding like a jet ski, that kind of look. The ones he had on at Woodstock 99 are like the worst Oakleys on planet Earth. He, he wore them for most of his set. It's like the aggressive dad that's at the baseball practice, Oakley's. You know, not the like, not the Moon Dog ones that. No, not good. Uh, they they're like the them? they're like the smaller ones. Oh, with okay. The, with the silver frame, you know, like. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think they almost just look like eyeglasses, but they ha- they happen to have colored lenses. He looks awful. He has gelled spiked hair, which, like, if you're gonna have gelled spiked hair, I don't think you're allowed to make fun of a boy band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're doing the same thing. They have thing. the same haircut. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least back in the 90s. Well, I guess this was 99, but that doesn't technically count. At least then, they had the dignity <laughs> to go and have different hairstyles from the bands that they hated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's be the antithesis of the thing we hate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of style, let's move on to one of the other bands on that list. And by the way, we still have a ways to go. We only did Friday. Uh, but oh let's talk God. about corn. Feeling like a freak on the leash. <laughs> this was right when that record came out. So <laughs> this... 
<laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I mean, this is literally peak period for them. That record had just come out, so them playing Woodstock '99, this was one of the biggest moments for them in their career. Yes, easily. Monkey had the strap down to his ankles, playing the guitar like down near his ankles, wearing a jumpsuit. When you look at the attire and just the choices they made, it's disheartening. It's like, what happened? Where did we go wrong? <laughs> well, one one thing that's really funny that I've never told you guys, but I'll tell you now, that's really funny. So, um, Francis, uh, Curio Lab producer, when Francis uh, has to like crash at night and get has to get up early for for some kind of like production gig or something or go work on a set, she'll have to like shower at night and uh, like kind of braid her hair up, and when she braids her hair. To make sure it'll be cool for her to sleep in, she looks identical to the guitarist of Corn. <laughs> so whenever she does that to her hair, we call it. Uh, she's she's off to play the Family Values tour. <laughs> <laughs> that one guitar player, his hair. Now that I see his braids like that, and I understand that's what girls do to make sure that their hair dries in a certain way. I cannot like I die looking at it now. Talking about Brian Head Welch. That's the guy who has the guitar down to the ankle. Well, there's two of them that have two the, guitar players. the braids, right? One of them has actual dreads. Oh, okay. That's Monkey. Yeah. Monkey has actual dreads, and Brian Head Welch just braids it. Dude, fucking white people with dreads piss me off too. <laughs> I fucking hate white people with dreads. It's a you you know what I have to say is it's a hard sell. <laughs> it's 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 a hard sell. You're it, pissing me off. It's yeah, it's one of those ones that instantly pushes you in a direction, right? <laughs> so so the the next thing is Jonathan Davis. Uh oh by the way, the drummer is the only one there that looked normal. He like looked normal. He had like an Adidas pants on and like, you know, tank top. It's pretty much been the duration of the band has been like that. The drummer has always just been the most sensible one. Well at this point, we now know Leather kilts were at play at Woodstock 99. Jonathan Davis wore a leather kilt that had like these like kind of like cross pattern thing going on with like, I don't know, it almost looked like a like latex or something. It was a very, very goth BDSM looking kilt to put on a man. And just take that statement for what it is and run that back. And what did he do at the end of the set? Tell us, Brother Brown, what did Jonathan Davis do at the end of the set? He flailed around like a kid in a grocery store having a temper tantrum that he couldn't get a Snicker bar. Was he standing, sitting, or on the ground? He's flailing around on the ground. Flat on the ground. Yeah. Like Cam Newton at the end of the Super Bowl in 2015. <laughs> and his kilt was all over the place. It was everywhere, and this was supposed to be this real big release of emotion in front of you know almost 300,000 people, and a grown man from Bakersfield, California... Uh, that is a serious former meth addict. I mean, serious meth. Uh, little known fact about Jonathan Davis. He had a serious, like before, like the early 2000s meth boom happened with all the shake and bake meth, but people were actually smoking like crystals. California, he was doing that. I was doing it when it was cool. Man. Exactly. He's, he's one of those dudes. So uh, I had the opportunity to meet Jonathan Davis once, and I'll tell you. He's story. a meth pioneer. I'll, I'll tell you guys my Jonathan Davis story in a little bit, but we're gonna, we got to keep moving through corn. But basically, if you guys had paid that amount of money and had to stand in that crowd, tired all day. To watch a guy crying, yelling fuck over and over again while there's 
Fieldy is slapping his bass like a fool and Guy Fieri, the skinny Guy Fieri's on drums. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was his former life. <laughs> David Silva's really Guy Fieri. <laughs> now, I used to play in corn back in the day, but that's another life. Now I do diners, drive-ins, and dives. Well, are you guys ready for me to hit Saturday? Well, we didn't. I guess but we're just gonna skip over Bush. That wasn't really. Uh, well, no, no, no. Well, we'll cover Bush. Bush, we kind of feel they. I feel bad for them. They got a raw deal. Going after Corn, the biggest band in the summer, almost. Bush. And you're not like a heavy band. Swallowed. <laughs> I would. I would say that's more of what you'd call like a 5 p.m. band. You know, like the sun's still up. It's been Bush. starting to get dark. I don't know. If I had to hear glycerine while I was rotting in the sun, I would not be happy, dude. <laughs> glycerine. Yeah. And I'm just like so hot and everyone's talking and I would just be like, this is not it, dude. Hopefully they at least played some of the, hopefully they tapered their set given the vibe because it seems like they were aware the vibe was off. I don't know. If, I'd be curious to know if they played glycerine at that show. Would they, would they play Machine Head? Machine Head and some of the other like more rock the songs. The heavy ones, yeah. They could get away with playing Come Down with that crowd. You could play that song. Yeah. You know, seeing that music from the 90s, we were kids then, and it's cool to look back and, like, romanticize part of it. But then the part of us that's an adult now sees it objectively in terms of, like, would you assign a dollar value equivalent to what they were asking back then to go see that product now? With everything you know about performances and the way shows are, the way things have evolved, seeing something like Woodstock 99, what made it what it was, was the magnitude. It wasn't the killer lineup. Yeah. Yeah, it was the experience of having that many people go through the same thing at once. And uh, one thing they also did, they had a rave tent that, uh, from what I gather and also what I've been told back, my, my... uh, my sister was a avid raver in the 90s. Uh, she's a few years older than me, and she was, like, sneaking out of the house at 15 to go to raves. So she went to plenty of them in her lifetime. And she, when she was watching the Woodstock 99 footage, she was like, the way they had that set up was, like, entirely legit. Whoever they gave the budget to do that did it justice. So to see how that broke down, and we'll get into that in a minute, too, was also totally nuts. Uh, it was during a Fat Boy Slim show we'll talk about that but uh okay let me rifle through this saturday and i'm just gonna barrel through it okay Whew. deep breath the tragically hip kid rock wyclef jean and the refugee all-stars counting crows dave matthews band alanis morissette limp biscuit rage against the machine metallica <laughs> okay day two a lot more bands that we recognize yep at least during Wyclef Jean's set, the stage was covered in trash. He asked them to. He's like, feel free to throw your plastic bottles on the stage while I play this. Just saying, that's a hallmark. Yeah. Stage is covered in trash while you're playing a cover why? dedicated to Jimi Hendrix. And the Star Spangled Banner at that. Why'd he ask them to throw the bottles on I stage? think it was already happening, and maybe he just leaned into it. I'm not really sure. They didn't it... have enough trash cans at the festival for the amount of trash that oh. was actually there, so there was nowhere for it to go. Nice. So they just... That's why he was saying it, too. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So, uh, Spitfire, Guster, Bruce Hornsby, Everclear, Ice Cube, Los Lobos, Mickey Hart, Planet Drum, The Chemical Brothers, The Young and Fabulous, Gargantua Soul, Three, Serial Joe, American Pearl, Full Devil Jacket, Old Pike, Strange Folk, 
DDT, Two Skinny Jays, Gigolo Ants, and Fat Boy Slim. Barely recognized any of those. So this was after all those big heavy after hitters. Metallica, so, Rage. So, so I, I think what's happening here with what I'm seeing with the chronological, they are including what was happening in the Ray of Ten. Oh, so some okay. of these set times may have been staggered. Okay. Okay. So, the Rave Tent, let's just go ahead and hit that head on real quick. Fatboy Slim uh, infamously had his show ruined. There was a vehicle stolen from people on psychedelics that drove a van into a crowd of people. And, and then people were on top of it dancing. People were on top of it dancing, and then some, some guy, uh, he raped a woman inside the van that no one knew about it because the van was like closed and locked up. And by the time they got staffed there, it was too late. So, like, literally the whole thing stopped. It came to a grinding halt. Show ended. He had a machete, too. He had a machete on him. So, again, I'm asking you guys, what would your reaction be if you paid three to $400? You just spent all day outside, and you're like, finally, I'm in a tent. It's indoors, at least. I'd probably chalk it up as a loss after the first day and be like, I'm, I'm out of here, man. Honestly. But I don't know. I would have been 12 then. But if I, yeah, if I would have been mid 20s, like I'm sure most of the people that were there around that age, after the first day, after the first uh, uncomfortable day, I'd be like, yeah, let's just get the hell out of here, man. No, if you're 12 years old, if I was 12, your parents I'd be... are there. And then your parents, you're fucking gone after day <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Hey, you're, you're going on yeah. Friday. going home. <laughs> you're getting in the car and we're going home. Oh, I like planned to go to my parents with this proposal of taking me to this because that's how stoked I was on this lineup. I was like, this will never happen again. I'll never be able to see all these bands in one place. And you were right. And my dad had to be like, hey, listen, we're not doing it. Sorry. Well, wait, Get wait. Over it. Wait till I tell you Sunday's lineup. It's the last one left, and it. it may be the worst one. Okay. Are you ready? And I'm going to try and hop around and hit who the last act was in order. Okay. And also. This was the one with Willie Nelson and Jewel, right? Yes. And also, I have to put asterisks to special act at the end of the day. All right. <clears throat> so, on the final day, some of who played, uh, Muse actually played. Um,. Push Monkey, Indigenous, Cycle Fly, John Entwistle, Revel. That's some. I'm skipping the emerging artists. It's some bullshit you never heard of, and I don't. I just don't care. But we're gonna go to the main stage. Our Lady Peace, Rusted Root, Seven Dust, Collective Soul, Godsmack, Megadeth, Willie Nelson. The Brian Setzer Orchestra, Everlast, Elvis Costello. <laughs> you can barely get that one out. Jewel, you're not ready for this next one. Creed featuring Robbie Krieger of the Doors. God. And then closing the whole show, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Some of the conversations between these. These band members and and front men and, and women and stars and everything must have been so funny backstage. Elvis Costello talking to the guy from Creed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. What's going on? I really like your music. I like your stuff. I think it's great. Oh, thanks. What you right? guys are listening, what you guys are doing is great. I'm gonna I gotta go, but uh <laughs> it's been it's been fun meeting you guys. Well, I am gonna mention real quick Robbie Krieger from the doors. I have uh when I was in college he did an interview with the school paper 
and I was adjacent to the interview. I did not interview him, but I was adjacent to it because sometimes you would be in the office when they would do these like either speakerphone or webcam interviews with people. What instrument did he play? Keys? He played guitar. Guitar, okay. He's the most miserable musician I've ever heard speak. He's like the unhappiest one. <laughs> he doesn't enjoy his instrument. I don't even think he likes playing. He doesn't care about a lot of the memories from back then. And I could get not wanting to talk about it, totally. But he just overall was like the most joyless musician that I can recall. So imagining that guy with Creed, I almost want to see that performance on its own because it seems like just a, a lot of pain. It's a pain room music. Bring in my head. <laughs> so we got to narrow in on who the closer was. We'll talk about the special thing after the closer. Closing act is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's worth mentioning at this point, on the previous day of the festival, during Limp Biscuit's set, uh, they started tearing the stage apart, and the place has turned into mayhem at this point. And during, uh, whose set was it? They destroyed the sound booth? There was... That was Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. there's no sound left They tore the, the plywood off of the booth, and they used the plywood as, like, uh, floats to crowd surf on. And they yep. would, they, yeah, there'd be, like, multiple people crowd surfing on one plank of wood getting passed around. So it's now one day later, one day and probably four or five hours later since that happened. And these idiots, for some reason, in the late 90s, this is like a few months after Columbine, by the way. Columbine was in April, and this was in that July. So their thought, even though they didn't let people bring in backpacks that had water or anything flammable, these dumbasses thought after three days of people being miserable and pissed off, it would be a good idea to hand out 100,000 candles for everyone to hold. As for a, a candlelit sign. vigil. Yeah, as a sign of anti-gun violence. They thought people would really do that. So, that's not what happened. <laughs> fires were set immediately. Immediately fires were set. How would you describe the size of these fires? Uh... I'm talking country boy, middle of a field, acre yeah. party size bonfire. Pasture party. Pasture fire. Taller We're than a person. Build a fire. Yes. Way taller than a person. 10 to 12 feet high. Yeah. And how about that one mega one that happened in the back where they noticed they had a real problem? Talking about when they burned all the fucking tractor trailers with gas in Not them? that part. We'll get there. We'll get there. There's one corner where, because remember they have that big art display? Mm -hmm. it, so there's one corner where everything, like, it was like a probably 20 to 30 foot high combustion flame. And that happened during the Red Hot Chili Pepper set. At this point, the promoters had asked them, could you please talk to the crowd and try and calm them down? And Anthony Kiedis, now here's the thing. I buy what he says on his logic of, there's nothing I can say that's going to stop this. And I do agree with him on that. There's not anything he was going to say. You can't control 300,000 people. But what, you know what probably doesn't help? Is to go out and do... A shitty all white boy version of Jimi Hendrix's Fire. I'm here standing there to your fire. Got the motherfucking girls of California. By the way, they were playing that material at Woodstock 99, and like I don't even think all those songs were fully out yet. So, like, people. Oh, Flea was totally naked, by the way. Yeah, hog swinging. I saw that dick tonight. Yeah. On YouTube. Was that? That was YouTube? That was YouTube. YouTube showed dick? YouTube? They didn't care? 
is, uh, let's just say there's some corners they're not paying attention to, but you better not say anything critical of the topics they don't want you to talk about or you're <laughs> out of here. You're gone. But, yeah, his hog is all over YouTube. Um, and I gotta say, I can understand there being an impactfulness to someone being naked in a moment um, in some kind of abstract way that doesn't appeal to me, but I, I can understand it, how that might maybe impact on the performance. But it absolutely ages horribly on video later. That's true. It's not good. The 60s is like I think the latest period, maybe the 70s, where you could have people running around naked. It was like an art piece, performance piece. But this is not that. No, no, not with like everything else that was going on. And John Frusciante was there, who I'll go on record as saying uh, should be looked into for the death of River Phoenix. (laughs) I'm not the only person that says this. Google it. John Frusciante killed river phoenix chrome's gonna take this case pro bono oh man i will but i'm I'm serious just google it look it up uh he he's a guy that should be looked at with uh maybe a magnifying glass anthony kiedis i don't know what to say except for please go away please go away go do a vegas show go do it please the drummer a vegas show (laughs) yeah that's what that's what they do you know when it's time to go away you go do a vegas show for like a week long they're not big enough, I don't think, for that. Kelly <laughs> They had to have been really huge, like like Madonna level huge. Well, the, here's the thing, though, man. The bar is so low now that I yeah, think that you true. could see Californication, the LA show. I think that could be in our future, and Flea would be there, and would naked he be naked? Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever go streaking before? Um, I've gone skinny dipping, never streaking. Oh man, I've been streaking multiple times. I know Hobbs is a public place. A movie line streaker. Yeah, I streaked in front of the movie theater. Full nude? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I didn't even wear shoes, which was a bad idea. Yeah, running barefoot. I ended up in the woods and then I was in a briar patch going through trying to meet my buddy at the truck. I told him to meet me over here. He went the other way. So I'm stuck in the woods and there's people over here after I ran by them. They're over there shouting at me, shouting things at me while I'm in the woods, ass naked. And I'm trying to make my way through the briar patch to get over to my buddy Alex. And he takes off and goes down the street and goes somewhere else. By the time I've made my way, almost all the way there, cut up, all fucking dick cut and shit. (laughs) Everything just hanging out. Then I had to sprint across the parking lot again, right past the people that I was trying to avoid. Because I was like... Obviously, like, you know, I'm naked. It's like the first time I'm ass naked in public. I was like, fuck, I don't want to be near these You went back for a twofer. So I go and, and run across, and then I jump in the truck, and then we take off. I think I think Alex had went first. He went and, and did it actually in front of Dairy Queen. <laughs> and the God funniest thing was we pulled up to the stoplight, right? We're actually, it's, it's like there's really hardly anyone in town at this late at night. We pulled up to the stoplight. We're actually behind one car, so there's no other cars in the intersection. The, the red light is, is red, obviously. We're just sitting there waiting. Then the right, the light is about to turn green. Alex is like, you know what? I think I'm just going to do it right now. He gets out of the truck. He runs and, and starts jogging and sprinting, or sprint jogging almost, I guess, in front of the car. The light turns green, and he almost gets hit by the car. Completely naked. He's ass <laughs> naked. He at least had the, uh, the, the idea to wear shoes, and so then he ran and jogged down the street, and I went behind him. And unfortunately, that night, someone got our tag. Cops showed up at my house at 2 a.m. in the morning. 
The oh, cop said, no. all right, who's the streaker? <laughs> Can we and call I the sold... episode all dick cut and shit? <laughs> dick all cut and everything? All no, dick I just, cut and shit? Yeah, I sold Alex out. Well, well, I said, I was like, it was, it was both of us to the cop. So Alex was like, why didn't you just, <laughs> just, like, just say nothing? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Damn. Streak stories. Yeah, that I was. Got, I got plenty more streak stories if you guys ever. Damn. Want. No, I, think, know. I, think I, did, I didn't know this yeah. side of you. Yeah, there's uh, there's a whole saga of stuff that we'll get I like into. To show my junk. <laughs> yeah, we'll end up getting into all of it. Um, let's keep on moving. And before we do, actually, I got to ask you a question. Personal question. Having gone through being barefoot in that experience, would you rather do that again? Or go see Creed with Robbie Krieger. Oh, man. I think I might just do the streaking. Briar Patch and the, yeah. yeah. Briar Patch and all. I can't believe people were yelling at you in the woods, dude. Uh, so here's the no. best this part. This is not Christian behavior, so, boy. So here's the best thing. I know what movie theater he's talking about. And when he's talking woods, the best thing is, like, it's not a, it's not a very thick set of woods. So you couldn't actually hide out in there. Can't hang out well, in there. It was dark, and I it was, was deep enough in the woods. It's dark, <laughs> but my point is, like, if 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 the cops had rolled up, you would have had nowhere. Well, I would have just kept going deeper into the woods, so they couldn't find me, and then pop out somewhere where they weren't at. <laughs> I would have figured that out. You know, even if I was totally naked, I would have found a way. I would have, if I had to climb a tree, I would have stayed away. Stayed I feel away. like that would have been a better path than going deeper into it, because yeah. that. Remember, but it, it cuts in. It gets industrial real quick back there. I'm just imagining myself like hugging a tree with my dick rubbing up against it, like trying to like climb, shuffle up the tree. My dick all on that tree. Sap my balls. Tree sap all over your dick. <laughs> what it is what you took away from that experience that if you're gonna streak, you better keep on the shoes. Yeah, dude. Next time, if I well, it's been you know that was the last. He said time. next. Time. We got busted by the cops. That was the last time I haven't streaked. But next time. I'm wearing shoes for sure, and okay. I will go streaking. I, I'll make that like a point to go streaking one more time before I nice. kick the old bucket. It's just like riding a bike. What would be the, the, the setting? Who would be the right audience? I don't know. That's a good one. I don't know. I feel like uh, these days, if anyone gets your tag, you're, it's not the police coming to see you. It's that you, they cancel you. <laughs> See, I don't know if you can a good fashion streak is appreciated. Well, you don't always have to take your own car. You can Uber and go streak. That's when you Uber is when you want to streak. Yeah. That's the next thing for Uber. I'm thinking nowadays, you know, because like if you get caught streaking, you're going down as a sex offender. Not not going down, but like they don't just hit you with public indecency. Record. No, you're, oh, okay. you're going to be a sex offender. Same with being in public. We got away with it back then. The the cop was like, "Yeah, well, your mom finding out about it." it Trouble enough. We're gonna let y'all go tonight. God damn it! But we were just like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> we were just laughing about it. But yeah, no, not nowadays. Nowadays, you're getting busted and you're getting like on your record that you're a sex offender. And so, if I was gonna do it, I would be real smart about it. You know, I'd probably do it in a small crowd, like it was at the movie theater late at night. Only a few people, maybe ten people, saw me. These days at the movie theater, there's gonna be no one out there. At night. Fully masked. Fully <laughs> night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be nobody. I'd have to go through the movie theater in the daytime. Where can anybody <laughs> see me? In the matinee. <laughs> where can you even go at night anymore where there's a line outside? Real question. Good question. Clubs in Miami. <laughs> yeah. 
Is this a discotheque? Bunch of Cubans just throwing shit at you. Cubans just going at it down there. They don't give a fuck. Is this gonna be a Florida mission? You're going to Florida to complete the mission? Yeah, dude. Streaking Florida, man. We could just go to Jacksonville. It's like the same. Thing. <laughs> getting closer to Creed now. Getting closer to God, baby. Yeah, there you go. Buck, or no, uh, Limp Biscuits from there too, right? Yep. Yep. Something in the water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Let's let's move on. We're past Woodstock '99. Now, this next thing we're gonna get into a little bit. We were shown this video earlier tonight, informing I think all of us of something we weren't aware of uh, that happened back in 2014 called DashCon. And this was a fan-generated Tumblr convention where it was unofficial. It wasn't sanctioned by Tumblr at all. A bunch of people gathered and congregated in a hotel conference room that they had not fully paid the tab for. And they turned around and asked all the attendees, who were promised to only have to pay $65, to get a three-day event with steam-powered giraffe playing. And we'll get into that. who that is. Uh, they were promised steam-powered giraffe playing, a panel of people talking, and an enormous ball pit. That was the that was the term, enormous ball pit. So, what did they show up to? What did we see? Oh my God! First of all, it looked like it was in a convention center on the outskirts of town. They had to be out of there by five p.m. Yeah, fluorescent lighting, big old <laughs> conference room. It seemed. <laughs> Immediately, they had to ask the crowd for $17,000. $17,000. And they did a head count. There's only 350 people there. So hold on. I've got a calculator. Let me, yeah, 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 yeah. let me do a little math. Let me do a little math. Uh, while I'm doing that, why don't y'all talk about uh, what, who is Steam Power Giraffe? Oh, my God. I'm so, going to get mad again. We had to look it up, and we were very displeased in what we found. It's like an animatronic, comedic interlude folk band that's the they best look, way i can describe it they do they do a really good job with the with what they're going for but it makes me really angry and i'm not even joking like i literally am getting angry just thinking about this band i want to fight them now it's like it's like something you'd see it it's like a disney world attraction but for adults like, it reminds me of a Chuck E. Cheese band, but they were like, let's just go off of that and make it for adults. They seem way too old to be doing it. Hell yeah. Anytime you're dressing up like robots and doing mechanical robot movements. Were they real robots or were these steampunk robots? <laughs> well, they were doing robot movements like they were Tin Men or something. Like, like what was going were... on with the headgear and the outfits? I don't even know what to call those kind of hats. Are they top hats? Top hats with... Uh, uh, I guess steampunk binoculars on the front. Yeah, goggles. Yeah, basically they were spray painted silver, like uh, Tin Man kind of, uh, and then had all the steampunk outfits on. And you could tell they were bantering back and forth, like like these guys rehearsed that shit. Their little <laughs> their little comedic routine that they do definitely. I wish we could show clips of this. It was like they saw the villain in Wild Wild West and were like, let's make a band off of that aesthetic. I will use a thumbnail of this band for the yeah. episode description. Yeah, there you go. Because it's, it's, it's a sight to beholden. It, it, uh, so I did the math. They needed an additional, like, basically 60 bucks from every person that was there on the spot. 
and I also looked at the uh, problem. They were asked for seventeen thousand. I just did the math on what happened. They never paid the tab for the money they got in the first place. They had the money to pay for it, and they made everyone cough up the money again. And the enormous ball pit was a kiddie pool with probably 20 to 30 balls in it, and it was deflated in a matter of hours. <laughs> and someone pissed. <laughs> yeah. Piss pit. Yeah. Piss and pit. Up in the enormous piss pit. Give me 60 extra bucks. <laughs> So enjoy the show. Steam Steam Power Giraffe. Uh, for me, this is one of those things where, you know, sometimes you find out law enforcement is like looking at someone real close that maybe you wouldn't think they'd be looking at close. That seems kind of non-suspect, backed, but then they bust them, and it turns out they were part of some like child trafficking ring or something. That is the exact energy I get from this band. Is like there's some coded language that goes on for super fans of this show, and they're involved in some kind of weird underground network of disappearing children. And we looked into it, and we saw they've had a lineup change. So two of the giraffes are no more. And instead, they replaced it with a much larger giraffe, and then a much hippo. Lo- yeah, and then a longer rhino. <laughs> a longer haired giraffe, and things are now different. And we watched their live stream where one of them revealed himself to basically be powder yeah powder from the movie powder (laughs) yeah which i guess if you're that guy what do you do i mean it's like if you're him you either become a steam powered giraffe or steam powdered live long enough to see yourself become the villain (laughs) pretty much he could have he could have potentially done like a michael stipe rem tribute thing and just been taller than michael stipe that could have worked. But um, instead, all these people at DashCon got ripped off. No one saw the performances they want to. All the organizers of the event pocketed the cash. Pocketed the cash, and they didn't deliver the goods. So Don't go to Tumblr festivals, folks. I just think a lot of the vibe I'm picking up on is maybe we need to take a hard look at how we're going about gathering people and doing pre-sales and promising people stuff that hasn't actually crossed the finish line we got to do a review of that because it's real basic stuff that would improve that quality. It's not like rocket science to be like, yeah, make sure the person that you promised on the flyer is going to be there is actually going to be there before you start selling the tickets and take the money. Because otherwise you're not going to get a steam powder draft. Fair plan. I've been saying the name wrong. It's steam, yeah, steam powered draft. Steam powdered. <laughs> powder draft. <laughs> does, it, does it even matter, right? That guy's the front man. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it, it is powdered. No, steam powdered is so much better. And it does sound better than steam powered because if I know steampunk is a part of your act, I've dismissed you. I don't take you serious. How do they have so many views on their videos, though? They're killing it. I think it's the underground ring of the, of the kids that are disappearing. <laughs> that I think people should look into steam powered giraffe and take a close look at these people and make sure that uh, everything's okay you know um speaking of things being okay it's time for us to get into the next one and we had a request from a listener to get into the album that bam margera put out and we're talking about the one that came out like six years ago and we watched a few music videos earlier tonight from that album because getting through the whole album was going to be uh it's gonna be a hard ask 
It's gonna be a hard <laughs> ask. Uh, let's get some thoughts back. I'll read the I'll read the names of the songs we listen to. I still have the uh, the names of them here. Let me pull it up. All right. So it looks like tonight we were checking out. It's called the Eavesdroppers. Spelled E V E E S. No, no, I'm sorry. Just E V E S. Yeah, eavesdroppers. Uh, he has these kind of short film slash skateboarding montage slash travel videos that are all kind of a tribute to himself. And we watched, uh, oh shit, we watched Coming Home. <laughs> like, that's hilarious to me that that audio clip wasn't just like an intro thing. That's actually a little clip of the audio. I, I don't know if Bam's going to come after me for playing this. This is on his uh, channel. So has it, do, you, can, do you think I can get away with playing a second of the violin? So yes, people can understand? I, yes, I think you'll be able, I think you'll be able to it's get away. It's the most distracting thing in the world. Bam uh, settled on a very strange aesthetic for this song, Coming Home, where he tells us probably nothing short of 200 times <laughs> that he's coming home. But he does it with uh, almost a, a Celtic... Or Civil War era sounding violin that is, it's just so distracting. Uh, I recommend getting my ass kicked by fucking Vanilla Iceland. Fucking Vanilla Iceland. Fucking Vanilla Iceland. Fucking Vanilla Iceland. Yeah, go check out. <laughs> go check that. That's a little clip of it. Guys, uh, thoughts? My mom's gonna kick my ass when she knows I took her car to go get his accent, man. It makes me fucking furious. Oh my god, Ape's gonna be so mad. Ape's gonna be so damn mad. I'm gonna wake <laughs> Phil up before he goes to work and slap him in his face. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it, a lot of things about him, when I reflect back on it now, it's hilarious that so many people thought he was cool when. Literally, the writing was on the wall so far in advance that it was going to go off the rails. But I'll be honest in that I never saw a fiddle entering the picture. That fiddle slapped you right in the face, didn't it? I mean, no warning and definitely just... It's one of those things that when I hear it, I'm really concerned for someone and where they're at the kind of choices that they're thinking is like okay i'm i know i'm opinionated and definitely i don't know whatever but like when i hear that i get worried about him and i'm like is he okay well you know it's like the line cook at the bar he's always at like told him one day in a drunken conversation that he used to play violin and he's like i want to get you on there i'm making an album right now i need to get you in the studio with me <laughs> and he just like brings on people that he knows and they don't necessarily fit what he's going for but he's like well oh, my, my buddy plays a violin we gotta call him in here man h car is gonna be mad when she sees a violin on <laughs> <laughs> the idea of April being mad about the violin on the yeah. car. <laughs> He's going to be so mad when she's violin so I got to put car in everything he says because he says it's so, so bad. <laughs> he says car so bad. So he did a few other videos and we watched him. And what did y'all make of the video where he tried to own the fact that he got knocked out in Iceland in a fight by Vanilla Iceland? <laughs> and. He tried to make a music video out of it where he's yelling about... I don't think he was yelling about coming home in that video. He was yelling about some other stuff, but uh, 
it all sounds I don't know, man. He put the actual footage of him getting knocked out in his own video. Yeah. There's a lot of pain in this music. That's what I was about to say. There's a lot of pain in this and uh he also think put some candid clips of him and Ryan Dunn. Which like, you know, that's sad that I, it's I'm never never going to talk ill of the dead or I'm not going to talk bad about Ryan Dunn, but what I will say for Bam is that I don't know if the healthiest move for him that many years later was to make a new band with new songs and new music videos with more Ryan Dunn tribute footage. I think most people around him might be like, hey. It's not healthy to revisit this pain every single every single time you do something creative. Do you know what he did this band off the back of? He made a movie he tried to make. He had hundreds of hours of footage of Ryan Dunn. He was going to put it into like a tribute documentary. And it never got finished. And so then what he did is he pivoted and did this band. So he could use the footage? I don't even think he used the amount of the footage that he had. Oh, okay. It's just like slivers of it. But either way, it's sad, man. Bam is in a bad spot. I hope he gets help. Uh, I heard his injury list the other day because he had like an interview thing he did on Steve-O's podcast. Oh, Steve-O's podcast. And uh, I heard him say he's broken his arm and his elbow, the right one, like nine times. Something like that where like... It's one thing to say that kind of stuff when you're younger, but when you actually think about, you know, he's cruising up on his mid-40s. How, how does that feel? How does your body even work? He probably hurts in the morning, big time. It hurts most when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> well, yeah, Bama... Smack my elbow on the ground so many times. It feels like glass. <laughs> oh, dude, I can't believe my elbow hurts so bad. My arm feels like glass. It hurts so bad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen the uh, language that he think he invented? Say what? Have you? By the way, I just sounded super southern. Have you seen the language he think he invented? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to make fun of him. I just sound like a redneck. Hey, y'all seen the language he think he invented? He thinks he invented word language. You seen it? Have you seen it? The lang- He said he invented a language. Yeah, 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 yeah. He. Uh, oh my God. I'll show you some photos. He. Invented his own alphabet, and, and like I literally think he's on meth when he, when this photo or this video was taken. He was in the airport, and yeah, if you type in "bam" and "alphabet," it comes right up. I'm gonna show it to you as I type with one thumb, trying to hold the mic. All right, I'm gonna hand this over to Hobbs for him to see it. Check that out. I can read it and write it faster than fucking English because I spent 90 days in rehab, bored as hell, and it's just fucking quicker, so I want myself to be self-medicated. I want to be hated. I want to do things my way. Answer to no one except a woman to be my girl. I am picky as fuck, and I won't settle for less. I'm a whore. Yeah, so what'd you think of that? Oh man. Yeah, you yeah, he had a lot of time on his hands. He made he developed an alphabet in rehab. Ninety days in rehab. I just did it in ninety days and only had all this time on my hands. Yeah, again, man, I hope he gets help. I think he took a lot of head injuries, 
and I think he did a lot of drugs and he abused himself real bad and and he heard the fiddle and he said that speaks to me the alphabet is so that you can develop the language so that you can talk about drugs and things and other people won't know what you're talking about to line cooks yeah yeah yeah, yeah well Wishing Bam the very best, and, uh, you know, that's that's everything we got for this week, guys. And you guys got any closing thoughts or anything? We've hit the whole docket today. Are we at time? Uh, I think. I mean, we've been we've been going a bit here, and uh, we've we've covered everything. We got it for this week. You guys got anything coming up this week that, uh, you know, you're, you're psyched on or you're, you're excited about? Got some birthday parties. You need birthday cake? Yeah. Oh yeah, you like birthday cake. I love birthday cake. Uh, not the, I don't like the uh, the white cake with the white frosting and the sprinkles. I don't I like didn't that. I used kind. to like it. You like it now? But I like it now. Huh. I'll do it all, baby. Yeah, happy birthday to uh, Chris Benoit's drummer King Fractal. Happy birthday coming up to him. What is it? August nineteenth. And Cody's same day. Hey, that's right. Dopest codes. Shout out to Dopest Codes, and uh, King Fractal. Happy birthday to those guys. Uh, we're wrapping up our week of streams on Curio Lab this week. We have our season finales for Paint Party Online, Brother Brown's Baked Beats, and Loop Room for this week. So, oh, you're keeping the other show going. Yeah, too much information on Fridays, the new show. That'll uh, that'll keep going through the season break so that they're still programming on, and because we're in a pretty crazy time of the year, can't really take a news break right now. And then, uh, we're going to do Six Flags, but we've got to kind of uh, revisit how to do it safely because they had a monkeypox outbreak at the park and one of their employees it's got be an extra pox. spooky fright fest this year. <laughs> Wait, all of us do the ghost thing at one time. <laughs> I'm going to put effects on that so it'll be spooky. Yeah, I like the one you snuck in there last time. It was good. I like doing it like right around like 55, 56 minutes in, right? When you're about almost at the end of the episode to put the only audio effect that happens in the whole thing. It's the big payoff, fellas. It's the big payoff. Well, yeah, we've got uh, streams coming to an end. You guys doing anything fun here in the game? We've been talking about the death rattle of the summer for a month, but I mean, like shit, it is, it's fine. Today was in the 70s at a point, so it's finally starting to cool off a little on Sunday. Yeah, last night the weather was great. I kept the windows open. It was nice. I got to get my kayak out, man. It's been so hot, though. Like, I mean, I know that's, you know, like a water activity, but like you're, you're on top of the water. You're not always in the water, so it's really hot outside. I got to cool down a little bit. You could streak in the kayak and not many people oh, dude, would yeah, know. Nobody would know. Exactly. But I could, I could stand up every once in a while when I go by somebody. <laughs> stand up. Streak yak. In the kayak. Streak yak. Yeah, you're streak yakking. Streak. Sounds like you're saying street cock, but you're from Boston. Streak, streak yak. yak. Streak yak. <laughs> um, so the, uh, yeah, the, the summer's coming. And what we'll keep as an option B, or maybe there's something we'll do anyways, is uh, did y'all see they updated Netherworld? That's the haunted house, right? Yeah. It's like the big money one it's here. Big one. Wes Craven has been involved before. <laughs> like... They have a, uh, I think, like a 3D exhibit this year. You have to put on the glasses? Yeah. But for one of them, there's three There's three haunted houses, and one of them is 3D. So, you know, if you, if you decide to get a little loopy, it might be fun. I'd be down. 
Yeah, so maybe we do a little Netherlands uh, trip uh, at some point over the Halloween season because I think they start like literally in the next week or so and they go until a week after Halloween. How come no one's done a movie? Well, maybe they have. How come they haven't done a movie about a haunted house where someone has the chainsaw that they like never put a chain on, but then they actually put a chainsaw with the chain on that thing? It's been done. It's been done? Mm. All right, I figured so. I mean, horror movies are bastardized completely at this point they are the computer just barked at me um I, I i'm looking forward to spooky season plan on us talking shit about horror movies and everything else but for now we're gonna get on out of here piss jug episode four signing off we will see you guys next time bye, bye. bye.